This is Women Crush Wednesdays from New York Women in Film and Television. We cover all facets of women working in entertainment and media, along with highlighting accomplishments of our members and previewing upcoming events. with community we are here to crush it again i'm your host tammy reese along with janine mcgoldridge hey janine hi tammy terrific to be back with you once more and of course i'm dying to hear about your latest walking dead red carpet experience this one was for the upcoming spinoff the ones who live did i get that right yes the ones who live and Janine, it was just an honor to be invited by AMC to cover the red carpet premiere in Los Angeles. This is a highly anticipated series, and it was a joy to finally meet Andrew Lincoln and Denai Guerrero, who plays the roles of Rick and Michonne, take pictures with them, just have personal off-camera conversations with them. I didn't expect to see some of the OG cast members of the original Walking Dead series there, like Stephen Yang and Norman Reedus, along with some other cast members, just their support and their friends and their family of this new series. That was so cool. But some of the interviews that I did obtain with the new Walking Dead universe cast members, along with executive producer Scott Gimple, will be released soon on our blog. You have to keep up to date by visiting www.nywift.org slash blog. So was finally meeting Andrew Lincoln, was that the highlight for you? Definitely was the highlight for me. And he was just so personable, approachable, kind, and just talking to him in that British accent that he has (laughs) is just so cool. It just was a dream come true. He's literally my favorite actor. So that was definitely a dream for sure, Janine. I pre-screened four episodes and obviously I can't give away because it comes out on the 25th on AMC, but I can definitely say that everyone's going to see Rick Grimes in a totally new light. This strong, resilient character who we know and love so much, it's just totally different. I just can't wait till it come out so I can actually talk about it with other people. <laughs> okay, well, we will keep the conversation alive and we will talk about it, I'm sure, in the weeks to come. Yes. So Janine, what's happening around New York City? Yeah, so some things we wanted to let you guys know about. If you know or you might be an aspiring young filmmaker, the 6th Annual New York City Public School Film Festival, which is a mouthful, is open to all New York City Department of Education middle and high school students. They have a panel of educators and media professionals who select approximately 25 films Each film selected will receive a certificate of official selection, and the filmmakers are invited to a special screening day and career development that, as of now, is tentatively scheduled for uh, May 15th. Each selected film may appear on the city's television network, NYC Media, and the NYC Media website. So this is a really great program for any young and emerging filmmakers that want to take advantage of this. Submissions are currently being accepted through until March 25th. So that's an exciting thing. And I think, you know, good thing to help nurture along future NYWIF members. <laughs> I agree, Janine, for sure. And also the New York City Mayor's Office of Media Entertainment announced the spring 2024 schedule for the Made in New York talk series. 
The first panel is on Tuesday, February 27th, and covers the business of live entertainment. Additional topics include journalism, what you need to succeed, representation and launching and navigating your career. We will have a link to the series in the Public School Film Fest in our show notes. Also, later in the episode, we're going to be spotlighting some upcoming Nine Whiff events, so stay tuned for that as well. Now it's time for our featured interview. And Janine, I'm so looking forward to hearing the conversation you had with Whitney Ann Adams. Whitney is a costume designer who has worked on several internationally acclaimed films, including Story Ave, Freaky, We Have a Ghost, Happy Death Day to You. Oh, I'm so here for all this. <laughs> and as well as upcoming The Supremes at Earl's All You Can Eat. She is also the co-chair of the Costume Designer Guild Pay Equity Committee. The CDG Local 892 has officially launched their pay equity campaign called Pay Equity Now, and they're vying for parity with their male-dominated craft counterparts. I have to say, talking with Whitney was really eye-opening, and I think that you will agree that this is one of the most important topics that we've covered on the podcast to date. So here's my conversation with Whitney. Hello, Whitney. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. The Costume Designers Guild recently launched the Pay Equity Now campaign. What is the mission of this campaign and what are the specific goals that you hope to accomplish? This is the evolution of our campaign that we've been chugging along with for pretty much decades now. We're addressing a critical issue in gender pay disparity within the entertainment industry, specifically in the field of costume design, but we hope that this pay equity movement gathers all pay equity movements throughout the industry. Why do you feel that this is needed right now? What What is the issue when it comes to the Costume Designers Guild? We are a guild that is predominantly composed of women at 87%, and us costume designers find ourselves at the lowest uh, IITSC pay scale compared to the other male-dominated creative department head positions. And the problem is for every year that this pay disparity is in place, our wage increases of 3% cost of living every year compound the pay gap. So it gets worse year by year by year. So it's not getting better. It's only getting worse. So we have to address it now. What are some of the other roles that are higher on the IATSE pay scale? We mainly like to uh, compare ourselves to the production designers and art directors. Their technical title in the scale rates are art directors, and they uh, are counterparts for substantially similar work. So we feel that our departments work very similarly and are the same scale. So we want our scale rates to be about the same. We have a chart that lists all of the scale rates that are above ours, and it's uh, the cinematographer, the art director sound mixer, camera operators, uh, special effects for people, are the gaffers, editors, and the list goes on. So we are at the bottom of the creative department head chart. That seems a little strange because as you said, you refer to this role as a department head. And I think maybe a lot of people don't understand how costume design is department. So explain a little bit about what the role is for department head, what they oversee and who they work with in the production to give people understanding scale that they actually have within a production. 
I love to think of us as sort of the eye of the storm, because not only are we working with all of the other creative department heads, art department and uh, makeup, hair, everybody on the behind the scenes, we're also directly working with our actors and developing the characters very specifically. We're working with the director, with the writer, with the cinematographer. So we have meetings with everybody on the production. And then we have our department, which is made up of multiple departments, which I think people don't realize. We have costumes, which is in charge of the design side. We have wardrobe, which is in charge of upkeeping everything on set and making sure that set runs smoothly and upholds the design. We also have the tailing department, which is sort of its own thing. That's the construction side of things. And then we have outside off-production builders and construction. And so I think a lot of people lose sight of the fact that so much of art department is internal within production. And we have so much that's off production, tailoring shops, fabric suppliers, makers that happens outside of the production's jurisdiction, but they're equally as important to what we do. So we're overseeing lots of things that are not actually seen on set or on on the production. I like how you compare yourself to the people that work on the production design side, because when you think about costumes, they are so important to actually helping create the character to give some direct insight of who this person is as soon as you see them and how they're dressed, the world that they are in, which is very similar to production design. Explain how you work with the director to help develop a character through what they wear. It's a lot of research. We start with building the world out, getting every image that possibly could refer to our characters. And then we pare down until we have an essential set of board images. Then we get the actor in and we start working, make sure that we're all on the same page. So it's a constant communication between all of us. And then the costume designer is also working with art department, props department, makeup, hair, cinematography, every department to make sure that we're all in step, that there's no colors that are not going to go together or we're all trying to achieve the same vision. So we're all equally working to get that picture on camera, look exactly how we all want it to look. The production designers create the world. We create the characters in that world. The percentage on the screen is the same. And this isn't just done for period pieces. I think a lot of people especially when it comes to the Academy Awards, uh, the people that win the awards for costume design usually are always something that happens, you know, hundreds of years ago and you're designing clothes for, you know, revolutionary wars or something like that. But it is still so important for features that happen today. So if you have a production that is very moody and dark, your character, you may not want to show up with a bunch of pastel colors that that character is wearing because it doesn't fit the mood of the film, correct? Correct. Contemporary design is often just as hard. It's hard in different ways, I'd say, because a lot of people think, oh, I put clothes on in the morning, so I have a knowledge base of what it means to design these characters, whereas there's so much that goes into it. We have to be a historian, a sociologist, a psychologist. We have to get into the mind of the characters. So it's not just what looks good on camera. It's what makes sense for the character. So there's a lot of critical thinking that goes into every single piece. Like, do they throw their clothes on the ground or do they hang things up neatly? Are they pristine or are they dirty? Have they just newly bought them or are they things they've had forever? We have countless questions we have to ask ourselves. So it's not just 
hey, does that look cool? Or let's go to the mall and shop something. Every single piece you see on camera is important and has been thought out specifically. And a lot of those pieces you have to create multiple versions of, and as well as not only fitting the main characters, we're talking about all of the extras. And this could be hundreds of possibly, depending on how big the production is, thousands of pieces of, of wardrobe and costume. We often have more than a million pieces in the costume department oh, on every oh production. <laughs> That's how many things that we're dealing with and the amount of purchases, returns, organization. We need a small army to make sure every piece is accounted for. And then you're doing action, you're doing horror, you're doing things that need these multiples that you have to track. And then you have to source the world to get as as many multiples as you need. So there's so much logistics that goes into our job. It's very complicated and often happens so much behind the scenes. Our costume department is usually in a separate space that has room for all of our clothes. So no one sees the day-to-day of what our work actually entails. It's a lot of logistics to make it all happen and look perfect on set. The outfit just doesn't appear out of nowhere. Do you think that maybe that's why this role or this department doesn't seem to be as valued as some of the others? And what else contributes to that? I think because back in the day in the studio system, it was a lot of women making the costumes and it was seen as women's work. And that has evolved into the world now where, oh, it's just clothes. It's a frivolous woman thing. And instead of thinking about how difficult and uh, exhausting logistically our job actually is. So, you know, the costume designer used to be underneath the production designer back in the old Hollywood system. That is not how modern movies are made now. So the costume designer is equal to the production designer and what we do and bring to the table. And we have an equal say in what we're doing in the production. I think a lot of people don't realize how little our scale rates are. And we're trying to raise awareness to point into the direction. Every time I show our chart or information to other people in the industry, they're shocked. They just don't know. And that's why we're really doing this big push to bring education information. And also our biggest thing is to show that we're not trying to pit our costume designers or costume department against any other department head. We love our peers. We adore them. We think the production designers should make what their scale rate is. We just want to be brought up to the same level. You know, we we love everyone we work with. And so our quest is not about us versus them or us versus anyone else. It's about us showcasing our value and what we bring to the table and just asking for an equal seat at that table. Part of this campaign obviously has been started and it's leading up to the IATSE basic agreement negotiations which start in March. So what can we do to help as members of this industry, no matter what role we play to to help this cause? The biggest thing that anyone can do is to follow our social media accounts and share all of the information and posts that we're putting up because we're going to be sharing all of our charts, our info, anything that you need to know to start the conversation with your colleagues. You know, show your charts at work to you, to everyone that you work with. Make sure that everyone is aware of what our quest is. And we're just trying to get the word out any way that we can because we've been talking about this for decades now. And it's something that needs to change immediately because it keeps getting worse year by year. And we're going to have links to all of your social media handles and everything in our show notes so people can very easily click on that and follow. 
Last year, the industry went through two strikes, the actor strike and the writer strike. And we actually were just talking about the resolution and the contract for SAG-AFTRA. This question may be a little bit too soon for you to answer, and maybe you don't want to, but would the Guild consider striking if these changes aren't made anytime soon? We don't want to talk anything about that until we get into the negotiation table. You know, it's it's too premature to say anything about what we're going to be doing this year until we know what we're facing in there. So what we're doing right now is sharing this information to make people understand that this is a gender pay equity issue that needs to be addressed immediately. And it has sort of nothing to do with what happened last year. We're here showcasing that it's something that needs to happen now because it's not about costume designers versus other departments. Mm -hmm. It's about how we as a majority female craft have been sidelined. It's also about getting paid for the amount of work that is is being done. Talk a little bit about that too. How many hours on set or, or during the week that's being done? For me, even though I'm paid on a weekly, and so that's a 12 hour per day, five days a week, but I'm sort of on call 24 seven. My phone's always ringing. My email's always flooded. I am working every second of the day. And I also want to make sure that my team is getting paid for every minute that they work. So I'm often taking on so much more extra work to make sure that my team is not overloaded unfairly. Uh, They should get paid every dollar owed to them. And so for me, it's 12 to 16 to 18 hours a day. I really try to cut it off because it's not healthy and it's not okay. Um, But you are trying to do the very best job possible. So we're sort of stuck between this rock and a hard place where we want to put everything we possibly can into what's on screen. But it's just not possible to do every single thing that we want in our head. And so we it's always a wrestle with ourselves to not, you know, overwork ourselves too much. But it is pretty much 24-7. And I try not to work on the weekends because unless I'm getting paid for it, because that's not fair. I should get be I should be paid for the hours that I work, but it's a struggle uh, every time. And so that 12 to 14 hours a day is for months and months at a time. And that's why we have breaks in between projects, because we can't physically, we need to recover. Mm -hmm. And so our scale rates may seem high to some people, but it's to account for all the months that we can't physically work between jobs because we are so exhausted and dead to the world. So, you know, the, our job paychecks have to stretch throughout the whole year Wow, this is such important information. And I'm sure that there's a lot of filmmakers out there that have hired and worked with costume designers through their whole career and probably don't know half of this information that you just imparted to us in the last few minutes. Before I let you go, you are launching your own podcast. Tell us about that, what it's called, what you're going to be talking about, and what we can learn from it. It's called Tales from a Costume Designer, and I'm really excited about this series. Basically, I'm interviewing costume designers, costume department professionals, so everyone in the costume department, as well as colleagues in the industry, cinematographers and directors. And I love learning why people love what we do and how they got their start in the industry 
And also what their hurdles are. What have they learned? What educational things can they impart to other people? So I love, because I love creating characters on screen, I love also understanding what makes people tick outside in the real world. So it's been a fun interview series. And it's also a good way to highlight our pay equity at the same time. I'm actually the co-chair of the pay equity committee on both the West Coast and the Costume Designers Guild and also the East Coast in United Scenic Artists. So I'm sort of pay equity from coast to coast. Will the podcast be up and running by the time this airs? It will be up and running. I should have my first episode out by then. Terrific. Well, that's perfect timing. Everybody make sure that you're subscribed not only to our podcast, Women Crush Wednesdays, but to your podcast as well. Do you have your own social media for that podcast? I do. Tales from a Costume Designer. So on Instagram, it's at Tales from a Costume Designer. On Twitter, at Tales from a CD. And I also share lots of fun pay equity quotes and information. So come follow me there too to learn even more. Great. Whitney, I can't tell you how blown away I am by all of the information that you've given us. And we certainly are on your side and we'll do anything we can to help raise awareness for this important campaign that you're doing right now. Thank you so much for coming on. And hopefully we will have you back soon to find out what's happening and get some updates. Thank you so much for having me. That was a beautiful interview, Janine. This is especially great for our listeners who may not have been aware of all the work that goes into costume design. Costume designers work with makeup artists, directors, writers, actors, and more. And the interview is just another wake-up call that the gender pay disparity conversations are not even close to ending. No, no, not at all. And coming off of last week's episode where we dived into the historic contracts that were achieved by the Actors and the Writers Guilds, it's so important to continue shining a light on any and all types of inequalities that are happening within the industry. And that the fact that a costume designer who, as she said, is the head of a department are at the lowest tier of the IHC pay schedule is just shocking. So I applaud Whitney and all of her colleagues at the CDG in their effort to fight for current and future generations that are going to take on this role and work as costume designers in the future. A hundred percent. Now, as promised, it's time for Katie's Corner, a NYWIFT programming update from Senior Director of Community and Public Relations, Katie Chambers. New York Women in Film and Television's Science in Motion screening series continues in partnership with BAM, a collection of groundbreaking contemporary films that dive into science and technology in the modern world. These urgent documentaries and empowering fictions take us from the depths of outer space to on-the-ground action of a Hasidic women-run ambulance corps and beyond. Filmmaker Q&As follow each screening. Our next screening is coming up on Tuesday, February 27th at 7 p.m. Everybody. Everybody focuses on three individuals who overcame shame, secrecy, and unauthorized surgery throughout their childhoods to enjoy successful adulthoods, choosing to ignore medical advice to conceal their bodies and coming out as who they truly were. Q&A with director Julie Cohen to follow. Then, join us on Tuesday, March 5th at 7 p.m. for 93 Queen. In 93 Queen, a group of tenacious Hasidic women in Brooklyn take matters into their own hands to change their community from within, smashing the community patriarchy by creating the first all-female volunteer ambulance corps in New York City. Q&A with director Paula Eisel to follow. 
Screenings are free Tuesdays at 7 p.m. at BAM. Tickets are available at nywift.org slash events. Thanks, Katie. So, Tammy, we already talked about The Walking Dead, so we're not going to talk about that again. Can you actually give us a recommendation that does not involve The Walking Dead this week? Yes, being that is Black History Month, I have a Black History Month recommendation Perfect. for a documentary that was released in 2019 and is just still relevant today. I would highly recommend everyone watch Horror Noir, A History of Black Horror, which originally released on Shutter, but is now available on Prime Video. Horror Noir traces an untold history of Black Americans through their connection to the horror film genre. Well, that's really interesting. I hadn't heard anything about that. And I know you're a big fan of horror. So I love getting horror recommendations for you. And the fact that this is a documentary, as you said, that traces the history of Black Americans in that genre and film um, is perfect for the timing. So thank you so much for bringing that to us. You're welcome. So I am really excited that Jon Stewart is back on The Daily Show. After departing his show that he had on Apple because they wouldn't give him the freedom to cover topics such as artificial intelligence and Israel and China, now he is back in the chair that he made famous. He's hosting once a week, every Monday night, now through the election. And I've always been a big fan of Jon Stewart. I think he is fiercely intelligent. On all of the issues, he's insanely funny. No one does political satire better than him. So welcome back, Mr. Stewart. Welcome back, indeed. Listeners, if you have a recommendation, uh, an accomplishment, a story you want to share, if you would like to be featured on an upcoming episode, we as always love to hear from you. So make sure that you email us at communications at nywift.org. Be sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. If you are enjoying the podcast, then leave a review as it helps others find their way to us. Also, be sure to check out nywift.org for the latest news, blog posts, and programmed events from New York Women in Film and Television. Thank you all for joining. Until we meet again, keep on crushing it.